0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. This is is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The
2: Dallas Cowboys select Michael Parsons.
3: And now, your hosts, Brian Broadus. Jeff Kavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman.
4: Well, I'm like gum on your shoe. You can't get rid of me. Brian brought us here for the draft show with my scouting buddy, Jeff Kavanaugh. David Hellman and Kyle Yeomans are at the Senior Bowl,
5: Jeffrey. You planned out opening the show like that, didn't you? Yeah. The gum on the shoe thing? I'm like, the
4: gum on your shoe, you can't get rid of me. You try to peel me off, it gets worse. <laughs> you
5: sat at home all morning and you're nah. like, I go with gum on the shoe?
4: Nah, man. <laughs> Good to have you in studio today, man. Appreciate you. We're here. We are here. And uh, it's fun to be back, as always. It's fun to be at the Star. It's fun to be able to be in the studios again, where we've hosted drafts here before. Uh, the draft show is uh, such a part of, of what we do every year. And uh, Jeff and I, we have our own show um, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 on 105.3 The Fan, the G-Bag Nation. And uh, this is our opportunity to talk draft, and we really, really do appreciate that. We appreciate Derek Eagleton and the Jones family for allowing us to do this. Um, Jeff, you know, this show is sponsored by somebody, though. Who's sponsor, that? It's sponsored by our good friends at Miller Lite. That's the Miller Lite. That's your one of your favorite beers, I know.
5: That's the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. That's right, Jeff. Of fact.
4: So it, it is Miller time. Okay. As we uh, as we start to get into this a little bit more, I've noticed following you on Twitter, and by the way, what is it? Uh,
5: JC1053. No, five, three.
4: Follow that man right there. You're starting to look at some offensive linemen, aren't you?
5: Yeah, I don't appreciate you telling people that, though, because you know I hate offensive linemen.
4: Do you hate offensive linemen more than
5: quarterbacks? No, I hate quarterbacks the most. But offensive linemen, actually, I've come around on it, but for so long, this team didn't need them, Mm -hmm. so I would just wait till kind of the end, and then this year, I'm kind of thinking, hey, you know, if I could upgrade at center, or if, you know, I've got a hole at left guard at the moment, so I'm actually watching offensive linemen, and I'm ashamed of it.
4: Yeah, and as uh, as you folks know, uh, again, we're a full-service show. Uh, You know, we do have uh, a lot of Dallas Cowboys ties, but... We'll talk about offensive linemen. We'll talk about linebackers. We'll talk about corners. We, you know, If you're a fan of another team, uh, if you're a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, congratulations. You're a fan of the Los Angeles Rams, congratulations to your team. Your Rams guy doesn't want to draft, so you probably aren't going to be watching our show too much. That's but, correct. But you do a good job with your homegrown guys. Um, as far as for the Dallas Cowboys, are you watching offensive linemen because you feel like that's the direction that this team needs to address first, Or do you kind of see at 24 this thing being wide open where it can be the best available player, which they've done the last couple of years?
5: Oh, I think it'll be wide open, but I think that there is a chance that one of these offensive linemen is the best player available, which is yeah. the ideal part now. Like on my uh on my YouTube page I've already begun mock drafts. Yeah. So um if, YouTube if you page, want youtube.com slash Jeff Cavanaugh, if, yeah. if you, there you go if you want way too many mock drafts to where you'll eventually hate mock drafts, that's where you want to be. But I I do I think um like this morning I did a video where I think I gave 11 names, and it yeah. spanned across a lot of different positions where I'm like, look, there are going to be – you're going to let the 23 picks in front of you decide which one of these guys you're going to take, but I could probably give you the Cowboys pick. I just need yeah. 11 names. Yeah, no, and you know what? I, the
4: more I'm diving into this draft, Jeff, and, and, man, I am further along than I've been in, in ages. You know, I just – I, you know, I, when you get down, when you're drafting towards the bottom of the board – you have to have an aggressive approach on this. And I and I know you've taken an aggressive approach. I'm coming after you now. I know, exactly that. But I really do feel like if you are one of those teams picking down there at, say, 21, 22, 23, 24, I think there's going to be some good players that fall to you. I, sure. I really, really do. I don't think this is one of those things where you're going to look up and you're going to go, Oh damn, they that no, I don't want that guy. You no, know, you're
5: I, gonna let the teams in front of you do what they do. Yeah. And when you get to twenty four, one or two of the names that we talk about wanting at twenty four is yeah. gonna be staring you in the face. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I, 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 I like I say, I think you have to keep
4: an open mind about this thing. And I I'm I'm totally on board of what they've been doing here the last couple of years with it saying, you know, whether it's a C.D. Lamb or you know Michael Parsons, whoever you know, they determine who that best. I think they've done a really nice job on that. But you know, I, and I mentioned the offensive lineman because, because I saw you tweet last night about uh, a Zion Johnson from Boston College. It's my guy. And and I was going through the questions for Twitter on the twenty today, and I'll just start with this one that Raúl asked. He goes, "Is Zion Johnson a reach at twenty four?
5: Okay, so to me, the answer is no, he's not. Okay. Um, It's funny because we don't do the draft 365 days a year. Right. So, like, you could look at where Dane Brugler has him or somebody else or all these different simulators, and I feel like, yes, he'll always be there at 24. Yeah. And maybe that means I'm a stupid head. But watching Zion Johnson last night, this is Boston College, Uh, Senior bull measurements here are 6026, so he's just under 6'3", 314 pounds. His arms are almost 34 inches long, so he's built exactly like a guard. My theory on scouting players is, and if you're out there and you enjoy watching and learning the draft, is... Type your words your way. Don't try to sound like sure. what you think you're supposed to sound like. Absolutely. So like when I'm watching an offensive lineman, yeah. what I want to know is can he pass protect or not? And right. why? Right. Can he run block or not or not? And why? Yeah. And does he look lost? Right? Bam. Yeah. We just handled it. Pass block, run block, awareness. Right. Write down what you see. Zion Johnson at Boston College was left tackle in 2020. He yes. was a left guard in 2021. Yeah. He allowed three hurries in 364 pass snaps. And the thing that jumped out at me is he is one of the best sustainers that I've seen. Yeah. And by that, we mean it's a run play, and I'm coming off the ball, and I'm locking up with this defensive tackle. Yeah. And even a lot of really, really good offensive linemen can't always sustain because there's a really good player trying to get rid of you, trying to get to the ball. Yeah. And when Zion Johnson locks on, he's on. He's he's great at sustaining. He's yeah. not overwhelmingly powerful, yeah. but he's got plenty of anchor. He stays connected to the guy he's blocking so well in the run game. Flexibility, functional, but not stand out as an athlete. Just yeah. really steady, really good player, very aware pass protector. Zion Johnson, Boston College, to me, is an option at 24.
4: Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. We we both have talked about Kenyon Green, though, as from Texas A&M. That would be the ultimate if you were looking for a – to me, I don't have Zion Johnson as a first-round player. I put him I
5: ha- as a cheater grid
4: yeah I had One, I, I had him more as a second round type of a player my only guard right now that I have is Kenyon Green as yeah. a first round guy and you know and I've looked at uh Kennard from Kentucky as well I've looked at a kid named Sean Ryan from UCLA uh, I've looked at a kid named uh, uh, Saler uh, Saler from Georgia uh, is uh, is as uh, another guy but these are guys that are all below uh, what I've seen uh, from Kenyon Green okay so if you if you, that kind of takes care of that though, with you know we feel like that a Green would be the guy would be the best pick at that spot if available. Though.
5: I think Green would Kenyon Green the A and M guard would be a really really good pick if he makes it to 24. Right, and I think Zion Johnson would be one of the names where if it's if you couldn't get one of the guys that you were like yeah yeah you would go oh that's fine yeah yeah I'll take that left guard yeah in
4: go you were you were uh, last night too you were watching some wide receivers and you mentioned one and again we're trying to keep a broad thing here because we don't know what's going to happen with the Cowboys and their wide receiver room and stuff like that you watched Chris Olave last night and and I I was always super super he's the wide receiver from Ohio State I mean you, you know there's two receivers there you have to catch from Ohio State tell me about Chris Olave cuz I have him as the last guy for me in that in that first round as far as the wide receivers go?
5: I don't think I'll grade Olave as a first-rounder. I think okay. I'll have him as a, as a two. Okay. Um, I like him a lot because I love route runners. Right. And I think Chris Olave is probably one of the best route runners in the country. Right. He was able to be incredibly successful as a deep threat at Ohio State. But I don't know that he's a burner. Right. He's not physically intimidating with the ball after the catch. Yeah. He's just a very smooth, polished, good receiver. So, like, what is that in the NFL? Probably somebody's good number two receiver. Right. I see a guy who knows how to set up defensive backs. He gets into their blind spot. He's really good at changing tempos in his routes to throw you off. Useful in the screen game because he can kind of stop and go, but he's not going to run through tackles. Smooth, smooth, smooth. Great feet and ball tracking.
4: Yeah, I, I, I totally I, I like I said, I think that you I think you've got the player nail. I think there's some other things that I kinda like a little bit better. I like how he plays in the small areas and stuff like that. You know, here's a guy, attention to detail. He's not just getting one foot down, he's getting two feet down yeah. when you watch the play. Okay, we mentioned here that you and I are hosting here in studio. Let's go to Mobile, Alabama. And, again, I wanted to get your thoughts on those two players that you looked at. And I really like what you say. Let's go to, the, uh, to Mobile and our guy David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com is on the scene. David, good morning, sir.
6: Morning, buddy. Good to hear your voice hosting the draft show like the old
4: days. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, okay, set the scene for us uh, from being on the ground in Mobile right now. What do you expect to happen today in, uh, in some of your uh, adventures?
6: Brian, tell me, tell me if this sounds familiar. I know you miss this. I do. Uh, I
4: miss this a lot, Dave. I do. I miss it a lot.
6: It's the first day of Senior Bowl practices, which obviously means we get our first look at these guys. But uh, from my standpoint, it's also Bird Dog Day. Um, yeah. I actually I had the good fortune. I've never had to work less hard to run into Will McClay in my life. He was like in the first place I went last night. Uh, and I was kind of talking to him, getting getting the lay of the land about where the Cowboys are going to be, what they're going to be doing. It's it's I mean it's always exciting, but it's even more exciting because this is the first like non COVID year at the new facility with all of the new bells and whistles that they have at South Alabama. The Senior Bowl is not at Lad People Stadium anymore, so uh, I think you know even people that have done this for like decades kind of don't know what to expect with this new format. So. Uh, as soon as I get off the phone with you all, I'm going to head out there and try to find Will and Steven, maybe see if they'll talk to me about draft stuff and Cowboy stuff, and hopefully find some time to watch some of these players.
4: Dave, these, uh, these, uh, the Cowboys have a great history of drafting Senior Bowl players, and so this, to me, is one of those opportunities. Is it because they're seeing these guys live and with NFL coaching, do you think there's a reason why they, they have this history with the, the Senior Bowl?
6: I've actually, we've we've talked to Will about that before, uh, if you've listened to the show for a while. Um, yeah, I think it's the chance to see these guys go against the best. I mean, these are the best senior players. I would, a lot of these guys are going to get drafted, and without fail. We talked about this last week. The Senior Bowl has done such a good job of upping the talent level. Like, there's going to be some NFL studs at these practices. And particularly, Obviously, like, you're, you're very small schools, but even Tony Pollard comes to mind because sure. Will talked about him in, in 2019. Will was enamored with Tony Pollard. And so, obviously, Memphis is a good program, but you come here to Mobile, and you're going against guys from the best of the best, the Alabamas of the world, and, and showing what you can do. I think Will told us, he told us a story about how Tony got walloped. Uh, I don't remember, I think it was was a run play, I guess, and he came back and nailed the guy that hit him on the next play with a block. And, like, stuff like that stands out to evaluators. So, um, yeah, they're going to be watching. And I think stuff like that matters when you have a chance to stack up and actually do football things against other good football players. I mean, the results speak for themselves. They've drafted 11 of these guys in the last four years, I think. I mean, they, they lean toward those guys in tiebreaker situations.
5: Now, Dave, you know that Brian's going to judge you if you're out there just doing your job and trying to get stuff from Steven and Will. He wants you scouting the players. Is there position groups that you are most tempted to check out? My
6: favorite, it's, and I really did enjoy it because I, Brian's enthusiasm for the draft is contagious, but like every year I'm out here trying to keep an eye on Steven trying to figure out if Jerry's here, you know, there's other reporters that cover the Cowboys that are trying to get those guys. So you've always got to be mindful. And Brian and Dane are just sitting <laughs> next to each other. Just like, could not care less about that. They're like, Oh, look at the hits on this corner out of Ohio. It's <laughs> yes, great. And I'm just like, yeah, guys, that's awesome. And as soon as Steven's done talking to the media, I'll be right there with you, but I will get yelled at if I don't pay attention to this. So that's what I'm in for today. Um, but yeah, like I said, especially I would like to think so. The first practice starts at eleven thirty, and the second one I think starts at two, two thirty, something like that. I would like to think I'll be free to watch the second practice. Um, I mean, it's always easy to it's always easy to watch wide receivers in situations yeah. like this. It's just very easy to stand out. But I'm going to try my best to have my have my eyes on, on the linemen, just because both both lines feel like areas that the Cowboys would want to focus on. And it, it seems like there's some good talent here. So I'm going to try to have an eye
4: on No, that. and you're absolutely right, Dave. And again, yeah, Dane and I only look down at you uh, just a little bit. Not all mm-hmm. the time. We just uh, just a little bit. But uh, yeah, you mentioned that the two sets of the line. It's the offensive line with guys, you know, with Penny and, uh, you know, and and we mentioned uh, Zion Johnson and Kennard and guys like that uh, from the offensive side. But then you look at the defensive side, with Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, Cam Thomas from South, uh, San Diego State, Loken Hall uh, from uh, Houston, uh, Mathis from Alabama, it seems like that these one-on-one drills. If you're going to focus on something like some of this one-on-one, nine-on-seven, that's how you picked up. Uh, you know, you picked up a Zach Martin and, and, and guys like that in, in in those in those one-on-one drills and stuff.
6: Did you I I heard y'all talking about Zion when I was waiting for y'all to uh patch me in. Did y'all see the measurements yesterday? Did y'all see Trevor Penning's measurements?
5: Uh I've seen Trevor Penning live, so I'd imagine it was tall, somewhat heavy, and long arms. My man
6: has a eighty four inch wingspan. He's yeah. got thirty four and six eighth arms.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, and but I'll tell you what, and there's actually some. This will be some good tape for him because he's men among boys at Northern Iowa. Now, when he plays against Iowa State, there's a little bit a step up in weight class for him. But I'm interested what you think about him as as a tackle uh, prospect as well.
6: And that's, uh, I mean. It's funny because you could sit here as a, as a Cowboy fan and be like, why are we talking about a guy from Northern Iowa? Like, right. the Cowboys aren't. They're not going to draft that guy, which I would be tempted to agree with you. But again, the Senior Bowl could be a great equalizer here. I mean, this is the type of guy that stands to make a lot of money if he can come out here and, you know, shove around some, some FBS Power 5 type of guy. Right. So that's what makes this stuff really fun. I definitely I want to have a close eye on him. Um, just to, again, this is, I've already seen him mocked as a guy in the Cowboys range of the first round and, right. and a good week here could totally solidify that.
4: Dave, what do you make about the whole thing with Pickett and the hands and all that stuff? Is that, are we just making, uh, uh, too much about something about nothing? Really? This whole thing?
6: So if I so he's double jointed and that affects the measurement, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. man, the
5: thumbs all j- jammed out there forward and yeah. that puts it closer to the pinky and yeah. now you've got a hand that's going to measure at 3 and a quarter inches. Yeah. He's got yeah, I mean, look,
6: every we do this every year, like every year we freak out about something that seems so silly, but all I'm saying is like is, isn't it a thing that Jared Goff kind of struggles when it's wet, like wet and rainy and snowy? Like that is a thing, right?
5: Uh, I don't know, David. Jeff defend- I would never Jeff def- slander that man, yeah. but uh, Joe Burrow has tiny hands, so yeah. I Joe wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Jeff
4: matter. defended think- golf at the at the combine. <laughs> if you remember, Dave, he stood up there oh, at the I podium, do. and every time golf said something, he's like, "Yeah, tell him." Tell him tell him there, man. Well, he didn't tell know him.
5: how many hype man tipped, interceptions he had, and I told him. Yeah. I was just hype helping Hype, hype, man, him over, was hype man over Hype Man over here at the <laughs> Combine. <laughs> I
6: think it was uh I think it was former Chiefs offensive tackle Mitchell Schwartz, who's a really good Twitter follow, if yeah. you don't follow him. Uh, he was he I think he said it perfectly yesterday. He was like, Yeah, that stuff matters, but just go watch his tape and see how it affects his play. Like the measurement doesn't matter. Just watch him play yeah. and see if it affects him. And yeah, I lean toward that. I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow does not have big hands and it doesn't seem to affect him. But and I know we bring this up a lot, but I'll I'll keep doing it. Brian, we talked about this the other day. Like the most amazing thing we've ever seen is that Aaron Rodgers didn't drop that ball when Jeff Heath sacked him in the playoffs five That, that is
4: amazing. You're right about that. You're not holding
6: on to that ball with small hands. No, nope. so, I
4: mean, not at all. Not I'm at all. I'm just
6: saying it doesn't completely not matter. But right. It's just like everything during draft season, it
4: kind of gets sure does. overblown. David, thank you so much for your time, man. Good hunting out there. Uh, keep an eye on Jerry, Stephen, and that crew, but then make sure you're watching like Rucker and McBride, the tight ends, too, that they're in the senior bowl as well. All right? Do Oops, that for uh, me.
6: I'm I'm excited, fellas. Next time we talk, I'm going to have so many notes on so many guys.
4: Well, appreciate that. Again, good hunting, David, and uh, take care of yourself, right? Thanks, guys. All right, that's David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com. We'll go to our first break, and we'll come back with some Twitter on the 20 next.
2: football season is almost over and that means tax season is here with it comes taxiety filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner don't let taxiety take over this tax season liberty tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back with more than twelve thousand tax professionals nationwide help is always around the corner check out liberty tax proud partner of the dallas cowboys schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com cowboys liberty tax a brighter way to do taxes
3: This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show.
4: We're back here on the Draft Show. Brian Broaddus and Jeffrey Cavanaugh. We just got off the phone with David Hellman, and him and Kyle Yeomans are at... Uh, at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, in the second half of the show, we will give Kyle Yeomans a call and see what's on his mind. But, uh, Jeff, before we get going here for Twitter on the 20, Liberty Tax is the proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com backslash cowboys. Getting going to be tax season here pretty quick, so make sure Liberty Tax will get your business there. Okay, Beamer, let's go to some Twitter on the 20.
5: Twitter, Twitter on the 20. Hey!
4: Hey. hey. This is where uh we take your questions uh about the draft for uh the panel. Jeffrey and I'll do our very best to handle those questions.
5: they saying good ones today?
4: Uh we got a couple of them, Jeff. Oh, okay. Got a couple of them. All right. Uh Dan Rogers wants to know Dean at twenty four, he would love, but is there a second round linebacker? And he mentioned Clark. From LSU. Have you looked at any linebackers or anything like that?
5: I have seen Devin Lloyd, Nicobi Dean. And Channing Tindall, Uh, so no, I cannot help you with second-round linebackers yet. And unlike some people in our industry, yeah, I I will not lie to your face and say I've watched 7,000 guys. I'm up to about 30, and I'm getting three or four done a night, okay? So I can't help
4: you. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll talk about Clark then from LSU. Uh, And, you know, to me, because he mentioned Clark – And this is a guy that's a physical player. I I think he'd actually be a great fit. He's 6'3". He's 245 pounds. This is a sideline-to-sideline player. If you're into that stuff, the Cowboys seem like they're wanting to draft some bigger linebackers. So, Clark, uh, Damone Clark from LSU would be a guy that I would look at. I, I don't see him used much in pass coverage. But what he is, like, he is a downhill player. There's a lot of violence to his game. I have this guy in the second round as a – because I like the way – and I'm not just saying it's because an LSU guy, but you don't see this guy get caught up in trash and bodies. And and a large guy moves so well, so easily. He was a leader on the defense that really needed one. LSU didn't have a lot of things that they really could hang their hat on. But this this guy, I, I could see all this physicality that he plays with carrying over uh, to uh, to the NFL. I'll also throw you another name of a guy, uh, uh, Chad Muma, uh,
5: Wyoming, Wyoming,
4: yeah. And and with Chad, this is another one of those guys. He's six two. He's two hundred thirty six pounds. I have him more of a third round guy. But this is a relentless guy. Just when you think this guy might be out of the play, he finds a way to make a play. He has a nose for the ball. He's not going to wow you with this athletic ability. And there's, But there's some sneakiness to his game. Uh, he's an outstanding wrap-up tackler. Super productive for the uh, Wyoming Cowboys. Disruptive as a blitzer. I know you always talk about guys, Jeff. That can really, really rush. And you better just, be able to blitz or yeah, cover. He could, Pick one. and that's what I'm saying. He he could read his keys really well and gets the ball really quickly. So, kind of like a couple of guys to keep an eye on there. If Dean, in fact, we all agree that Dean would be. Uh, what did you you said you watched Lloyd from Utah? What did I you did? Think, what, did you do you you like? I prefer Dean. You prefer Dean? Okay. I
5: like them both. I think they're both going to be picked in the first round. They're yeah. both deserving of that. Yeah. Uh, I just I think that Nakobe Dean is a supercharged Nick Bolton. yeah, And we loved Nick Bolton last year, right? And yeah. he makes a bunch of plays for Kansas City. So it's a guy who's not real big, yeah. but he's super smart. He processes fast as hell. He puts teammates in the right spot. And then in Dean's case, he's also an incredible athlete who blitzes really well. I love Nicobe Dean. I like Devin Lloyd. Yeah, He's the bigger guy. Uh, he also had a bunch of backfield production. He could cover tight ends for you. I think Devin Lloyd is probably the better cover linebacker, mm-hmm. and Dean is probably the better attacking linebacker.
4: Yeah. Okay. I. You know what? I, I. I. love them both, and I think you got. I think you got Lloyd right. I think if you were going for the bigger guy, man, I was watching again. I was watching. Uh, I was watching an offensive tackle at Georgia last night, and and uh, no, I was watching. Who was it? It was. A, I was watching somebody. I, I. But it was Georgia. I was who watching. You
5: watching Brian. I
4: was trying to think of who I was Sawyer. Yeah. I was, but I was watching something came up on George's defense. And Dean, like, made every single tackle. I mean, it just, it was one of those things where I kept seeing. I I don't know, I was watching something and it was like.
5: Yeah, my favorite thing about Nicobe Dean is he makes every single tackle. Yeah. And usually he has to run around a teammate to do it because he reacts so much quicker and they're just in his way. So he has to go around another linebacker. I
4: I think I was watching somebody at Michigan and it it just showed up. But okay, Uh, Johnny Conrad, I think I said that right. Johnny Conrand, he asked, uh, would Dan Quinn stay in? Is Dan going to influence a defensive pick in the first round, or you think this thing is going to go BPA at either position?
5: Uh, the wild card there is that Dan Quinn's not the only one with a big voice, right? Right. All the coaches in this organization tend to have a big voice. So like, I don't think Dan Quinn is going to be in the room strong-arming it and saying, yeah. no, my guy. Yeah. But will Dan Quinn have an influence on what they think of players and yeah. what they're looking for in their players? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think if you're thinking about defensive backs with Dan Quinn here, think about length. Think about probably not small guys, probably long arms. When you're thinking about linebackers and Dan Quinn's here, think about flying. Think about rallying. Think about 40 times. I think Dan Quinn wants guys who are long in the secondary and fast underneath. So he'll have influence in that way if you're trying to figure out who the Cowboys may be targeting, length in the secondary, speed underneath. Is there a side of you that with Dan that, and
4: you you talk about with the with the way you just said things, and we just had uh, a, a tweet ask us about Jordan Davis, the tackle. I know we mentioned him. Are you are you interested in taking a two down player at twenty four? Or, I, I mean, because yeah. to me, and, and, and we have another question about somebody asked me about uh, Trey Davis on Twitter, asked me about Mathis from Alabama. And to me, Mathis is more of a guy that would play, I think, every down as opposed to just Davis being a two down player. Do you think
5: he would be? Yeah, d- this is going to be an interesting defensive tackle class because I think so many teams. And if I had a team, I would prioritize the ever living stuff out of finding interior guys who can pressure the quarterback. And in this class, I don't really have one that I love in the first round. Like Demarvin Leal at Texas A and M has the physical traits to do it, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen him consistently do it. Jordan Davis is 360 pounds, and he is what he is. He's a mountain. He's not going to move. I think there is a lot of value in being able to stop the run with fewer numbers and drop a bunch of dudes into coverage. We're seeing that a lot in the NFL. Yeah. And Jordan Davis could be a big part of that for a team. If he is picked in the first round, I'll understand it. But I think I would prioritize pass rush so much that if you don't add to my team in either pass rush or coverage – it would be hard for me to get excited about the first-round pick. So let's say the Cowboys picked Jordan Davis. My official stance would be, "Eh, probably would have gone a different direction there. Mm -hmm. Now, once we get that out of the way, are you excited that Jordan Davis is on your team? Absolutely. Yeah. But I would probably rather pick somebody who affects passing downs.
4: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And this is why, you know, uh, Phil Darien... I think I said Mathis, that yeah. Mathis from Alabama. Have you had a chance to see him at all? Or, uh, just, I
5: watched him before the title game, so I have a very really, little okay. idea.
4: Yeah, okay. Well, to me, okay, here's a guy that's 6'4", six, six, 320, and really super stout at the point of attack, and much like Davis, you know, hard guy to move and stuff like that. But I see that initial quick move, that surge. It gets him into the blocker quickly. You could disengage. He's powerful. I just see a better pass rusher. And maybe that's where if you're saying, "Oh, well, Davis is a he's going to push the pocket and he's going to be disruptive that way great." I kind of see Mathis as a guy that's big, can play the run, can push the pocket, but also can disengage and get get to another spot. Is what. So, if you were if you were telling me that I could have my choice between one or the other, I think I would take Mathis over Davis in this case.
5: And I don't think I would just wait till the second round and see what's there. Yeah, I I agree with you. Because I'd throw in the name Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis's teammate. Yeah. He's what, 310, 312 pounds? Incredible get off. Yeah. Just not the down in, down out, you know, dominating the point and getting a ton of pressures. But he shows you some of the things that you want from a pass rusher.
4: Yeah. I, I I just kind of feel like that to me the second round is more so for that position than maybe the first round.
5: I would trade number twenty four and my second round pick if you promise me that a year from now I can have Georgia's sophomore defensive tackle. Jalen Carter. you're learning of eight years of doing this. <laughs> Number 88 at Georgia see, is going to be a top 10 pick next yeah, year. You, you, he is a
4: monster at D tackle. You've learned something that I learned way, way back in 1992 when I first started watching like Florida State and Miami play. And you're supposed to be watching a defensive end from Florida State. And then all of a sudden you're watching a defensive tackle that's a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah. And you're like, You made I, all the
5: plays. I used to
4: go, Hey, I go, Hey, uh, uh Dorsey, who's that guy? Oh, don't worry about him. He's only a sophomore. Yeah. I'm like, Worry oh, about him next year. Oh, yeah. So that was always the way it was. Okay, Cowboy Chuck, he asks, is it too early to really to address the left tackle
5: spot for the Cowboys? Uh, man, I, I feel like people have been asking this question for at least the last two years. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard because are you getting to the point where it would make sense to? Yeah, But if the guy that you pick to do it can't start for you at, say, left guard, Mm -hmm. then if Tyron's here and healthy, your first-round pick's going to watch football. Yeah. And not just this year. He would watch football forever until Tyron is hurt or gone. So, like, I understand that you want to solidify that, and a lot of people want to know what's next, and you know Tyron's, generally speaking, going to miss some games. Mm -hmm. But if you're investing a first-round pick, you better be able to play guard Because otherwise, if Tyron plays 17, you're going to have your first-round pick watch 17 games.
4: Yeah, I – man, I think last year was my year of trying to get a guy that could play guard. And then if I had to move him to tackle, but I knew I would potentially have like a, a pro bowl type guard until my tackle was ready.
5: Kenyon Green maybe? He played left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. I didn't watch a left tackle game of his, but I watched him play guard, and I watched him play right tackle, and the dude can play.
4: Do you feel like that Kenyon Green is a guy that – He's a guard. He's a guard. He's a guard. He is a guard.
5: I can play with him at tackle and get by. He's a guard. He's an NFL guard.
4: That's what I'm saying, though. Is it more important to have the guard
5: as it is to have the tackle? Right Today, yes. Today. Because you want to win the Super Bowl next year. That's your goal. Right, right. right. And for every Cowboy fan who's like, they're not going to win, whatever. Your goal is to go win. And left guard is where currently you have nothing, unless yeah. you're moving somebody. Yeah. Right now, there's nothing there. McGovern, that's kind of what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need a left guard. Mm-hmm. Left tackle, you would like a guy to make you feel better for in case a guy misses games. Left guard, you need a guy.
4: Yeah. Would you rather, how about this one? Would you rather have the center Linderbaum or have a guy that could play guard and tackle?
5: I like Tyler Linderbaum way too much. So my answer is Linderbaum. I think he's Jason Kelsey. I okay, think he's going to play in a bunch of Pro Bowls. I think he's going to be an All-Pro. Uh, We've I talked
4: think, about this, yeah.
5: I think Tyler Linderbaum is a stud, 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 Is
4: stud. he better than any tackle that you could pick or any...
5: Uh, tackles I mean, is, is that... so valuable yeah. that... I think if, center if obviously you had to is say, valuable too. Right. If you had to say what order would you pick offensive linemen yeah. in, in this draft, I'd probably go Evan Neal, Icky yeah Linderbaum, and then either uh, Cross, Kenyon Green or Charles Cross, Cross, Cross And yeah. Penning. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of names. I think
4: I think you got. I mean, I I I, I like Cross the best out of that, and then you know Quan Wu I think that's the one that I I think that's the one. He might be the first one taken when it's all Iquan
5: said. Knew, Moves humans like you're not supposed to be able to do. Right. That is the most powerful dude yeah no <laughs> Maybe you're, I've ever you're, watched. you're absolutely right
4: you're, he's no, just silly no you're absolutely right I, but we know the cowboys i, I kind of feel he's like, going to the
5: top six. yeah exactly
4: i mean if you have to address the offensive line I, I think there's some options there okay uh matt corner wants to know and i don't think you've looked at any tight ends right you no know,
5: sir i do okay, not believe okay, in them
4: okay matt corner he asked uh, me then i picked the question he asked I saw
5: the, an ohio state one catch a ball when i was watching yeah, the receivers last night
4: jeremy rucker Okay. Is the guy's name is the tight end. And I, I kind of feel like though that he was asking if Rucker was a third or second or third round guy. I kind of have him more in the um in that third round range.
5: But you think that there's a group of tight ends. I do where you can I find do. somebody.
4: I do. And I and I'm gonna give you a guy that you need to keep an eye on. There's a kid named Cade Otten out of Washington, and he was banged up a little bit this season and he got the COVID and he missed a couple of games that way. But when you watch him play, this is a super productive weapon. I mean, this kid can actually block. And so I'm kind of interested.
5: That's not real. Titans can No, no, do this that. kid
4: can actually block. and But this guy's a weapon. And they line him up all over the place. And he'll run routes from all these spots. And he'll stick his nose in there like I talked about. He's a fit position blocker he gets movement with his feet and the way he does it. I kind of felt like he was better in line than on the wing when he was on the move. I didn't think he was as good a blocker when they asked him to do the come inside do all that stuff when he had to go face up and hit somebody in the you know block him head up he was he was good he's tough after catch he catches the ball in his hands I, I didn't see the one time where he missed the ball I'm watching Michigan I'm watching UCLA he's not missing the ball. This guy, I mean, he's flexible in the way he plays. So keep an eye on if this team, uh, Kate Otten, I'll talk about Jeremy Rucker, the gentleman you saw from Ohio State. Uh, I I, I think, by the way, that I think that Jalen Widemeyer, the Texas A&M tight end is the first tight end in the draft. And then you've got all these other guys underneath. But the thing with Rucker that I saw is another confident hands catcher, but he's not really fleet of foot. You know, I, I kind of thought that. You know, he gets did open. Did you ever
5: write the word lumbering?
4: I never wrote that down. Okay. I wrote, would not call him fleet of foot. Okay, but I did say he managed to get open. I thought he was a good finisher when the ball was near him. Efficient run after catch. But you know nothing for nothing that would make me feel like it's kind of like the guys you're watching now for the Cowboys. You know when you watch them play, it's like oh they catch the ball, they get up the field, and but not
5: yeah. the most fleet of foot.
4: Not the most fleet of foot at all. So, but uh, I I think to be honest with you, Jeff, I think there's I think there's four or five tight ends that I've seen already that if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and you're interested, you're saying oh we're we gonna. Uh, Trey McBride's another guy I mentioned him to Hellman that's a Colorado State guy
5: those guys could just come in and compete with Jarwin and McEwen and
4: go they, they might be even a, they might even be like if you're talking like third and fourth round guys with what you did with Schultz Guys are the same thing to me, and maybe a little. It took bit. Schultz a
5: while to get going, though.
4: You know, and Schultz wasn't too happy with me because I reminded people that it took him time to get going. Yeah, you know,
5: I yeah. mean, it took him what three years? Yeah. to be a productive yeah. NFL tight end.
4: So you're you're you're. You, do you think the Cowboys just don't even need to? Okay, let me ask you this. I
5: hate tight ends, Brian. I would just play another receiver, but. Right now, like, you have Jarwin under contract. Okay. And I think Jarwin and Schultz and whoever else, like Spider-Man meme, they're just, yeah. I'm you, you're me. Yeah. If, if you just, just keep Jarwin, unless you need to save money and lose him too. But just Jarwin's your tight end. Bring in another guy. Um, if they like McEwen, great. And see what happens. If you want to use it, a, a mid-round okay on a tight end, well, let me ask it.
4: you. I had another question then, and I didn't pull it because it was a quarterback question. Fourth-round tight end, fourth-round quarterback.
5: Uh, because you're it, tight end. Because I think, and you know, this team kind of bucks this trend. And Tom Brady just retired as yeah. a six round pick. But for the most part, I
4: need to go back and get those notes. By the way,
5: for the most part, if you're drafting a fourth round quarterback, you're lighting a pick on fire. There, you know, the potential payoff, I guess, to teams is kind of worth it. But what Dak undrafted Romo, Tom Brady in the sixth. Outside of that they know where to pick quarterbacks quarterbacks get picked in the first round or back in the day if they were small or something maybe in the second i think fourth round you might find an nfl starter at tight end the odds of finding a starting quarterback or i guess what would your goal be to see if you can find a better backup that's and what I was see kind of, what happens. That's what I was just kind of thinking. Yeah, it's, I don't hate that, I guess. It's such a big lottery ticket. If you don't, if, if, you you don't hit,
4: if you don't, like tight ends, I'm just saying, if, yeah. if you were a general manager of a team and you're not a big fan of taking a third or fourth round tight end, I'm trying to gauge, would you take a quarterback at that spot instead of taking a tight end? That you think it's like, ah, I might hit on this tight end.
5: Yeah, I wouldn't hate it because, I mean, even – You know, fourth round your odds of hitting on anything are probably below fifty percent. Quarterback it's gonna be way lower, but the potential payoff is way higher. So we're just doing gambling. Yeah. Just playing gambling odds.
4: When you look at your board right now of, of the players you've you've looked at so far. Let me get it. And and I know that you really like the center. I know you like green. I know you have some guys. Is there somebody that we we haven't been talking about that you're like, listen, man, this guy might not be a first-round guy, but I would hit him in the second if if you could get it, that kind of guy? You have one of those guys? Um, like your favorite player that's not a first-round player or if you just looked at all first-round players?
5: No, I've looked at guys that aren't first-round players, but then the ones who aren't first-round players kind of jump out. I'll tell you, I don't – think you could get him with the Cowboys second round pick hell maybe he does sneak into the first round I really like Jaquan Brisker the Penn State safety yeah uh and it depends what happens at safety right yeah you think about like I thought Taylor Rapp was a good prospect I thought Juan Thornhill was a good prospect and they go like in the 50s and 60s if that happened to Jaquan Brisker at Penn State I'm in I just think he's such a steady good player that's versatile physical can cover all those different Mm -hmm. things um I like him. Daxton Hill, the Michigan safety, is probably going earlier than that. So I would can't you take really him at twenty four? Would you consider as one of my last resorts? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Is he? A if you get wiped out, guy. Yeah. He and um, I would probably take Zion Johnson yeah. as my wiped out guy ahead yeah. of Daxton Hill. Yeah. But I think those are the sort of he's names a
4: Michigan to... safety, right? Um, yeah. Daxton Hill.
5: Yeah, Michigan safety. And he's interesting because, first of all, he can fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if a team runs three wide receivers or more, he plays the nickel. If they run two, yeah. he plays safety. So you've got versatility, you got a dude that can fly, that's not afraid to be physical, that can cover. Daxton Hill's a good player.
4: When I first saw Daxton Hill, I thought he was Dallas's pick at twenty-four. Yeah. When I first watched him. And that's when I mean he was really early in my evaluation, but I think you got him name. Is there anybody else that you're kind of uh you kind of really like that maybe that you could get because you did a good job with the Debo Samuels and getting guys early on radars. Of, I'm gonna
5: you, end up loving a bunch of wide receivers, I'm sure. Are you? And I bet second and third round is a place where the Cowboys will be interested. So I'll find them right now. I've just watched Olave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio state. I've watched Jameson Williams and John Mechie at Alabama.
4: What about Mechie? Where do you, where does he fit? So I was just getting ready for the title
5: game. Yeah. And so I watched a little bit of him, but I like John Mechie. I think the guys who have a nice ability to sort of chop their feet, make good breaks, run nice routes. He's got some moves after the catch. He's a tough runner. Uh, We'll see. I think John Mechie's probably a second or third rounder. Mm-hmm. And as I get through these wide receivers, I'll put them all in order and we're going to find one. We'll have a pizza party guy. Yeah. There, there'll be a pizza party wide receiver.
4: Do you see the depth at wide receiver that you've seen in the past or are you just kind of like, uh, I don't know about all that? I those. don't know
5: yet. There's a but lot of injured know. guys, right? Yeah. The top guys are injured. You got, and like, I've watched four guys, three of them are probably going to be top 50 yeah. picks, right? Yeah. Plus, the Arkansas guy is going to be a top 50 pick. The USC is <laughs> going to, guy's to be a top Burks. 50 pick. Wait till
4: you see Burks.
5: So, like, it seems like I'm not blown away by the top of the draft. Like, Jameson Williams is a good player, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson is a good player. Mm-hmm. I don't know that either one is ever going to be an NFL number one. Yeah. I know they're going to help. I know they're they're going to help a football team, but I'm not blown away at the top. But I feel like there might be a whole bunch of really good receivers.
4: Yeah, I you know what, I'm going to tell you a guy that I'm kind of falling in love with, and he happens to be a defensive end. And, you know, this is, you know, when you start to... George Karloftis. I, I love Karloftis. Oh, is that him? I, I, no, I, oh, I, I, I think... that's probably
5: too early, right? Yeah, he's a first-rounder. Yeah.
4: I'll tell you, keep an eye on this Jermaine Johnson out of Florida
5: State. I watched him last night. What'd you think? I think that he's got a really good defensive end body. Uh-huh. Like what, 260, 6'4", whatever, He's 6'5",
4: 255, yeah,
5: and? right now. And he um, he's so hand dependent, uh-huh. but he's good at it. Yeah, like whether it's run game or pass game, yeah. I don't see a bunch of like snatch offensive linemen yeah. and throw him. Right, I see a lot of popow yeah. hand fight. Right, beat him. Right, go. Yeah, and that's his outside yeah. pass rush. That's his to get free in the run game. Uh-huh. It's kind of pitter patter, beat your hands,
4: go. You got him. I, I I'm glad you watched him. I really am because I think you described him perfect with the way that the the hands and stuff like that. But you mentioned Karloftis. I. I If he's there at twenty four, he's
5: pinball, just pop,
4: pop. Yeah, that's Purdue. I mean, these defensive ends, I think there's some really some good ones. I I I like what I I like what I've seen uh, with uh, with these defensive ends so far. Okay, we will take our final break, and then uh, we will get uh, Kyle Yeomans uh, from DallasCowboys.com dot com on the show as well. He's at the Senior Bowl. We'll get his thoughts. Uh, We'll do that next
2: football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys.
4: This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the
1: DallasCowboys.com Draft Show.
4: All right, welcome back to the Draft Show. Brian brought us here along with Jeff Cavanaugh. Um, Jeff, did you know for our, our next crawfish boil that we're going to have hmm. that we can go get rowdy? Can we get rowdy? Not Yeah, we can get rowdy. Not, not us being rowdy. Like go pick him up? Yeah, we can get rowdy. I mean, you can invite rowdy. You can invite rowdy to your next event. For birthday parties, corporate events, to special deliveries and more, Rowdy uh, brings games, entertainment, photo opportunities for all occasions. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash Rowdy to book your appearance today with Rowdy.
5: If you do that, let me know. I might come over just to see what Rowdy's doing at your house, Rowdy's, whatever you bring him to.
4: Over the years, I've known the Rowdy. I want
5: to book Rowdy to like, go with me to a theme park, You yeah, know, get on the roller coaster with him, sit down, out. Rowdy. Yeah, hang out with her.
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what's funny. I, I've known over the years the guys that have – played Rowdy, and they're all, like, really fun guys. Yeah, I knew
5: they're, one of them, kind of. They
4: got a little crazy side to them. Sometimes Rowdy goes hard. He does go hard. Yeah. All right, speaking of going hard, let's go to Mobile, Alabama. Kyle Yeomans joins the program. Kyle, welcome to the draft show again. How are things in Mobile for you?
1: You know, it's great, but it's just not the same without you guys here. I wish you guys were a part of this, just as, uh, as I know you guys would love to be out here as well. Well, you know the
5: thing about more the more st- of an in studio guy. Yeah, Jeff, you know. Jeff doesn't like Jeff
4: doesn't like the conditions sometimes because Jeff will underdress for you know like the event. So I think
5: when I went to the Senior Bowl, I slept on Maschota's floor. So you know right. I'm good with I'm good with being in studio and going home. You know that's fine. Well,
1: here's here's the thing that you would love right now is and you guys know as well as anybody, braving the elements is usually a part of the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. We just arrived to the stadium. There's barely any wind. It's partly cloudy and it's 65 degrees. So it's oh yeah.
4: Perfect. Oh no, you'll oh, have you'll have some good days here at the Senior Bowl. Good days. Yeah.
1: Okay. Know, as long as the rain stays off a little bit. Later, oh yeah.
4: We'll be- yeah. No, you're right about that. The rain stay away. Rain for sure. All right, Kyle. Uh, we talked to Hellman earlier. He had a kind of a plan for like watching Jerry, and I think <laughs> you guys are probably going to let him handle that. You keeping an eye on the players. Uh, particular position uh is there a particular player is there somebody you're trying to kind of get an idea of like okay I'm going to get eyes on him and see if size matches what I'm seeing on tape
1: yeah it kind of goes back and I, I heard Hellman's call early on and and when you guys were mentioning Trevor Penning and some of those those measurement deals uh that was kind of where I was headed as well but I would say offensive-defensive line is certainly going to be the the focal point because uh, just kind of how we talked about last week in our preview of everything, that's going to be really the biggest mindset, I think, for Cowboys fans is they want to improve. They want to get more physical in the trenches, whether it's stopping the run or blocking for the run on offense. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going to have my eyes today. And uh, it was also funny. You guys were talking about Tony Pollard and kind of going back to – his senior bowl days and how he stuck out to Will McClay and such. I just have a gut feeling. And I know Jeff is going to love this. I have a gut feeling that there's going to be a wide receiver prospect that starts to catch eyes of Cowboys fans throughout the week. And that we kind of look at as, Oh, maybe this, this guy out of Memphis, Calvin Austin, the third, or a Khalil Shakir out of Boise state and Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Like just random guy is going to come up in these one-on-ones against these, these top level DBs and then is going to show out and actually uh, really rise up draft board. So I know I kind of pushed away the possibility a couple weeks ago in our first draft show of drafting wide receiver early on. I don't think it's still a first-round conversation, but second- and third-round wide receivers, I think, are going to be a hot commodity, and I think a couple of those are here in Mobile.
5: Nobody ever wants to let me have fun. Like All I want to do, (laughs) I just want to pick a receiver every year, and this year everybody's contracts are up, so we might pick two of them. We're going to find a pizza party guy. Do you have anybody, like you mentioned the measurements and all that yesterday, and I saw it going up and down the timeline, and people being like, oh my goodness, look at these physical specimens. Is there anything about that that sort of jumped out at you, jumped off the page, and you went, oh, probably need to see that guy? Uh,
1: I mean, other than the Kenny Pickett story, because I was even on the fan last night with the the nosebleed seats, some of your coworkers, and they asked me that same question, and I hadn't even seen the measurements of Kenny Pickett and the double-jointed thumb and that kind of stuff at that point. So that one definitely sticks out. Uh, Nothing else really was there from me that really kind of was, was on the table as a, oh, man, that's something that I need to kind of look at. I'm more of just looking at the football and looking at the tape and and guys on the field this week and how they kind of match up against really good competition and and scouting them and then kind of going back and looking at the measurements because I kind of combine the senior bowl and then, of course, the combine later on as those official measurements back and forth. So I I really am. I'm excited to just kind of get out of here, finally back boots on the ground again for the first time since 2020 and uh, get to see a lot of these prospects go one-on-one.
5: Kyle, some of the fan base wants you to find him a quarterback down there. So is that what you're <laughs> up to? Uh,
1: I don't know if I'm going to find the Cowboys a quarterback, but there are a couple <laughs> good ones down here. It's, it, it, I mean, fact of the matter is this isn't the strong quarterback class we've been used to. It's really not. I like Kenny Pickett as kind of the top guy in that, that category and, and maybe a guy who could go in the middle of the first round, but you're not going to see a run on quarterbacks until maybe the end of the first, end of the second. Uh, I mentioned this on on the radio last night as well, but Malik Willis out, yeah. out of Liberty, mm-hmm. uh, I got to see him live. I called it a game of his earlier in the regular season. He doesn't have an offensive line. Yeah. Or at least he didn't at Liberty, but he has a strong arm. He has mobility. He has decision-making. Sometimes, sometimes he kind of pressed the issue because of the lack of an offensive line and the lack of time to throw. I want to see him go up behind a five-man front of a stud offensive line and really see what he can do in some of these team drills throughout the week. I think he, along with Sam Howell, the quarterback out of North Carolina, if they have a good week, they could potentially move into that first round conversation with a picket and maybe a Matt Corral and guys like that, because I think that quarterback spot in that position group is just so wide open right now. Do
4: you think the thing with Willis is, I mean, when they, the measurements, a lot of these quarterbacks were under six, one, that doesn't yeah. bother scouts anymore. Does it? I mean, we're in a day and age where you could be five nine, five ten, whatever. They'll still get drafted, right. At high, high level. Yeah. It kind of goes back to that, that Kyla Murray
1: conversation that, that we've always had. And I, I know we've had, for the last couple of years is it, it kind of opened the door and said, Hey, there's, there's a chance for shorter quarterbacks to still have success. That, that old mindset is, is kind of gone out the window, but even, even then I still think there is a, a legitimate worry with that kind of thing because you have to make adjustments. The Cardinals had to make adjustments whenever they drafted Kyler Murray with their offensive front, they had to find a way to make him successful. So there's a couple dominoes that need to fall in yet. Yeah, Willis is right on that, that threshold of kind of being a little bit undersized, but also still a, a strong arm and a talented player at the same time. So I, I don't know if there will be a big uh, mindset with it. I mean, even Sam Howell was just barely over yeah, six.
4: Foot, exactly.
1: Right? He so he was barely over that six foot realm as well. So you've got a couple of smaller quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see how they stand up. Uh, against some of those those taller guys that have gone in years past because they just don't have that this year.
4: Kyle, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, good hunting at the Senior Bowl, and uh, you guys uh, enjoy it, and uh, we'll see when you get back to uh, Frisco, okay?
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you next week.
4: All right. Kyle Yeomans, uh, he was uh, on our, uh, our show, on the draft show from Mobile. Um, interesting we talk about quarterbacks. Tom Brady retiring today as we broadcast
5: here yeah you want to hear my two favorite tweets on the subject go ahead this is from fox 29 in philly tom brady known for dropping a pass in super bowl 52 and failing to shake nick Foles' hand has announced his retirement from the nfl there you go and there was another one in new york that did the same bit only even better tom brady who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants during his legendary 22-year NFL career retires. Is those, are those two media outlets Is Yeah, that it was?
4: That's crazy.
5: Local TV people in Philly Jeez. and the Giants. God. What have we become? Okay. You just take shots on the way out.
4: Ta- take yourself back if you were in and, – and I know the story about how Tom Brady got drafted. Mm-hmm. And it was um, – it was
5: He looked like me with his shirt off. Yeah,
4: it was, you know, Tom Brady not physically impressed. I need to go back and get all my draft notes now about him from the days of the Cowboys, but I remember I remember the story about there was uh, Scott Pioli was the running the draft for the Patriots at the time and he goes in and he tells Dick Rabine, the uh, quarterback coach, he said, "Hey, listen, I'm about to draft you a guy here in the 6th round. You know, who do you you have an idea of anybody you want, you know, somebody to work with?" And Dick Rabine at the time goes, There's this kid at Michigan named Brady. And he goes, If you want, if you really want to draft me somebody I'd love to work with, please pick Tom Brady. And there was, so, so, <laughs> so that guy, Scott Pioli, Scott Pioli then went and said, Okay, we'll hand that card in. And here you go, pick 199. Tom Brady gets picked in the sixth round. But it was Dick Rabine who, the coach, <laughs> and he passed away after Brady's, Second Super Bowl, I believe. He he passed away. But he was the guy, and you talk about how fate changes in a draft or how things change in a draft to where all of a sudden, like, hey, we're here, we're looking for traits, who do you want?
5: Ah, oh, the Brady kid. Yeah, and that,
4: that just goes to show you, too, just don't throw away a pick. No. You know, don't just throw away a That's pick. That's why
5: you want more darts. Yeah,
4: just don't, you know. T- because sometimes, sometimes they it change works. an
5: organization.
4: Absolutely it does. It it does. Just think about Scott Peely saying, Okay, we'll we'll take your guy. And, and and you look at now and you know, twenty some odd years later, you see what you have. Yeah. The, like the commissioner saying one of the greatest career, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. So it just shows you the draft. If you're sitting there in the first round, or the sixth round, or the seventh round.
5: That guy might matter a lot.
4: Don't throw away picks. He might matter don't a lot. Don't throw away picks. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. As always, I appreciate you. Uh, As we uh, we say goodbye here, uh, Thursday we'll have to see about our show because, again, Hellman, Kyle Traveling. If you're following the weather here in Texas, we might might be, get cold. It might get really, really cold. It might get really, really nasty. We'll see what if, in fact, we can get to the facility uh, in in order to have a show. But kinda, you want me me
5: to get a tractor. I yeah, buy a tractor. That'd be Pick great. You up.
4: That'd be great. All right. I, I'd love a ride. Anything to talk about the draft? But <laughs> we'll figure it out. But kind of keep an eye on keep an eye on on what's going on. Uh, we'll make announcements about the show and all that stuff like that. So uh, as we leave here today, I want to thank uh, Chris Beam, our executive producer. I want to thank William Boykins upstairs for getting us on the air the way. He does, too. I especially want to thank Derek Eagleton for allowing us to do this every week, and then I also want to thank Ed Cahill for uh, for his idea about the draft show so long ago. So, for all my colleagues, all my friends, it's Brian Bros. Thanks for hanging out with us at the draft show, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Take care.
1: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football
0: Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!